0: I am going to uh, just spend a couple minutes here sharing to you something that God's put on my heart in preparation for today's baptisms. It is quite a joy, as we'll see, to get to be a part of this for the four individuals who are professing their faith today. And as Ryan said, if at any point in the next half an hour or so, you feel like God is tugging on your heart, stirring something in you, and you two decide that you'd like to give your life today to follow Jesus, uh, you can do that. Ryan will be over here on the side, and he'd love to talk with you and pray with you about what that would look like if uh, the Lord stirs in your heart today, okay? So welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, I'd also just like to say this to start. Today marks the one-year anniversary of Pastor Ryan and his wife Christy and their two girls Lucy and Penny, who gave up everything. Yeah, give them around. They gave up everything. Here they go. This is the parade. It's all planned. They gave up great jobs, a great living situation, friends and family uh, in Denver to come out here and join our mission. That was one year ago, and so we're so blessed, so thankful for them. And so I just wanted to to stop and and say thank you to Ryan and Christy and the girls uh, for everything that they mean to our community. We love you guys. Where's Ryan? Ryan, we love you. Christy, we love you. So give them uh, a hug when you see them. They are a picture of sacrificing for the mission of God, and, and uh, we want to, to mimic their lives in so many ways. So we love them. We thank them. In just a few minutes here, like I said, four brave individuals, uh, will publicly declare something before you. They are going to witness something before you. So we get to be witnesses of their witnessing that the Lord Jesus Christ has done something in their life. So what are we witnessing to? I'd like to try to explain that very quickly. If you've got a Bible, you can turn with me to the letter known as First Peter. If you don't have your Bible, we've got these in your handout. You can pull these out. It's got the passage there for you. But we are going to be 1 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to try to, to look at what it is that these four individuals will be proclaiming publicly today, all right? So if you uh, have your sheet or your Bible open, you can read with me. It says this. you love him, though you do not now see him. You believe in him and rejoice with joy that, it, that, that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. This is the word of God. So I want to take a moment and unpack for you this great proclamation that the Apostle Peter made to followers of Jesus Christ living throughout the Roman Empire who were themselves facing trial and tribulation. What is it that he is proclaiming to us here? Verse 4, or sorry, verse 3 and 4 say this. I'm going to read it one more time. According to his, that's God's great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. For the four of you that are being baptized today, that is the promise of God to you. That is the promise of God to you. Now, what does it mean that God in his great mercy has done this? What does mercy mean? Well, mercy means this. It means not getting what you deserve. Okay? I deserve to get something, and God chooses not to give me that. And that thing is a negative thing. That thing is death. Because of our intentional decisions to go our own way, to rebel against our maker, what we deserve is not life, but it's death. Without Jesus Christ, we have no hope beyond this slow march towards our own end. That's what we deserve. And God, in his mercy, sent us another way. That way is life in union with God through a relational faith through the person of Jesus Christ, the Savior that God sent, Jesus, who died for our sins, which we just celebrated Jesus, who rose from the penalty of sin, which is death. When we are relationally connected to Jesus, then we do not get what we deserve, but we get something else. So what Peter is reminding us is that when we connect ourselves to Jesus, we get everything that was due to Jesus. And Peter calls this being born again. 1 Peter 3 says, he caused us to be born again. The old self, that which we knew before knowing Jesus, that part of us, that dies. And we are born to a new life. That is the promise. And that's actually the promise that we reenact through baptism. It's like a drama on full display. So, this is like a play. Very nice amphitheater that we have here. And we will reenact this drama of rebirth. And when we do, what you'll hear, I just want you to know this because you might not be able to hear it when we're down here at the water. What we'll say, and we'll be quoting from Romans chapter 6, we'll say this as we lower them into the water. What we'll say is buried with Christ in baptism. And this is what that means. This is act one of the drama. It means that that old self is now dead and gone, meaning what goes under the water will never again come up out of the water. And so our sin, our rebellion, every part of us that is death will now stay underneath the waters of Green Lake. So be careful if you swim here. It stays there. It dies there. And here's what's happening. In in some mysterious union, Jesus Christ died for those sins, which is why they die with him. It's like they're going with Jesus into the grave. And then act two happens. Act two, we will raise them up out of the water. And we will say this, raised with Christ to walk in newness of life. So here is the labor and delivery moment. Out of the depths comes new life. We are reborn. The old world that we went under is now gone. We rise up, and the world is now changed. Because you see, in the old world, we were dead to God. We could not have relationship with him. Because of our sin, he could not come near to us. But now, in this new world, because our sins have been washed away, because Jesus has died, we have died with him, we raise to a new world in which God can come near to us because when He looks at us, He doesn't see us, He sees Jesus Christ in us. He sees Jesus' righteousness, Jesus' perfection, Jesus' holiness, Jesus' purity. We are born again and raised with Jesus into Jesus' perfection, and that's what God sees from here on out in our lives. Isn't that a beautiful drama? That is what's happening today. That is what's happening today. For Joshua, Nate, Tracy, Tim, here's what's happening. Your faith in Jesus, trusting in Jesus in all matters, has led to a second life, a new world in which you now live, one with God close at hand. And this second life, You not only receive mercy, you receive grace. Do you know what the difference between mercy and grace is? Mercy says you do not get what you deserve, the bad thing that you deserve. God does not give that to you. Grace says that you get a free gift, something that you did not earn. So we both get the mercy of God and the grace of God. We don't get what we deserve, and we get something new that was never ours. And what is that? Grace. Peter tells us. In verse 4, he says, you will get an inheritance. Whose inheritance? Not yours. You get Jesus's inheritance for eternity. And that inheritance is imperishable. Nothing can take it away. It is undefiled, meaning it is perfect. It is not corrupted by this world. It cannot be corrupted. It cannot be diminished. It cannot be altered. It is yours for eternity, and it is unfading, everlasting. There's no planned obsolescence. It goes on and on and on forever. All of God's eternal life is given to you in full because of your union with Jesus Christ. Amen? This is beautiful, beautiful picture that we get to to be a part of witnessing today. God has done this, and he can do it for anyone, no matter your background, no matter Your past failures, no matter your country of origin, no matter your religion of origin, if you put your trust in Jesus Christ, you too can have this inheritance. It's an unbelievable promise. And by faith, we can comprehend its reality. This could be you. This could be each and every one of us. Verse 8, jump forward with me, says this. says this. Though you have not seen him, that's Jesus, you love him. I always like to talk about baptism as a wedding. There's a couple times in your life where you come before the congregation, and it's just you, a minister of the gospel, and you make some vows. It's at your wedding, if you have a wedding, and it's at your baptism. So I like to think of it as a wedding. It's a declaration event, and the declaration is that I love Jesus. That's the declaration. And I want to love Jesus, and I will love Jesus for the rest of my life. And I want everybody to know it. That's what's happening at this declaration event. Now, obviously, this love that we're talking about, this is not a romantic love, but the greatest loves of the world are not romantic loves. Let me say that again. The greatest loves of this world are not romantic loves. The kind of love that we have for Jesus is so much better. Now, I hope you have the same kind of love in your marriages as well. The love goes like this. The love says that I'm going to give up everything else and have Jesus alone. Every other way to try to get to God, every other way to seek purity and hold. I'm giving it up. I'm choosing Jesus alone. I once heard baptism described like this, and marriage can be described the same way. It's like burning the boats. Do you know what burning the boats is? You know where that phrase comes from? There was a Spanish conquistadora who came and brought uh, Spanish soldiers to the new world. His name was Cortez. Not a great man. We're not saying that he's anything like Jesus. We're just saying this is where the phrase comes from. And there was a mass mutiny on his hand. All of his soldiers wanted to go back to Spain. They didn't like it in the new world. And so what Cortez did in the middle of the night, he went and he burned and sunk all of his boats so that nobody could go back. In a much more pleasant sense, when we get married, we burn the boats of every other potential relationship. In the same way, when we get baptized, we're burning the boats saying, Jesus is my only hope. Where he takes me, I am going. There is no other way. There is no going back. I am burning the boats. I'm with Jesus. I'll take his salvation, his lordship in my life, his way, his commands. My affections are for him alone. The equation does not go something plus Jesus. It's just Jesus. That's what we're saying today through baptism. That's why it's like a wedding celebration. It's a beautiful love. And it's a rare love in our world today. That kind of love's radical. And so you might be asking yourself, how in the world can anyone take such a bold step of faith? If we have not seen him as the Apostle Peter did, how can we take this bold step of faith? Look at verse 8b, middle of verse 8 says this Though you do not now see him, you believe in him. So what do we believe about him that can result in this kind of radical love? This kind of radical love. Well, remember back to what we said in verses 3 and 4. What God has done for us, his mercy, his grace. And now I want you to look at the flip side of your little printout here. And you'll see on it what's known as the Apostles' Creed. This is a confession, a group of beliefs that the early church came up with, known as the Apostles' Creed. They got together. This was within 100 years of Jesus' death and resurrection. They said, we want to have a common creed, a common confession. We want to say, these are the things we believe in common. And to confess this creed today, often this creed was confessed at baptisms of those in the early church. And so we wanted to bring it up, and we wanted to say, we, with Christians from 20 centuries before us, we believe these same things. And, and one of the important things about confessions and creeds and going all the way back to the beginning of the Jesus movement is to say this. We have this tendency in our society to have what I call chronological snobbery, meaning like we somehow are smarter than anybody else that came before us. We have the answers, and I think the answer is that we don't. The answer is the same for life 2000 years ago, as it is today, and so we read and proclaim this creed amongst the people of God, amongst those being baptized. And here's what the creed says I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of the heaven and the earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who has conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified That's the Apostles' Creed. Now let me break this down for you because when we understand what we're declaring, confessing together through this, it can help us understand why a love can stir up in us, a love that's willing to forsake all others to follow Jesus. Here's what this creed is saying about our belief. We believe that there is one God. He is not made, but he is the maker. He is eternally existent, And he is eternally relational because what you see in the creed is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit together working out the plans of God. These are the three distinct persons, or you could say personas of God, Father, Son, and Spirit, that are eternally present in the Godhead who has chosen to reveal himself. God the Father revealing God to us through the creation of the material world, He is the sender, the planner and sender of salvation to us. God the Son, revealing to us God in the flesh. That's Jesus Christ who was fully God and fully man. He was born a human birth. He walked among us and he gave his life for us. And then God the Spirit revealing to us God through the invisible power at work through the church, in space-time history, making sinners into saints, making enemies into partners, making dead things alive again. That's the threefold revelation of God to us through Father, Son, and Spirit. And here's what this God did. This triune God planned, executed, and applied the means of salvation for for all who trust and receive by faith his free gift of grace found in Jesus Christ. And the means here is a historical action of God. This happened in our world, in space-time history. Through the incarnation, God came near to us. Through the life of Jesus, God's perfect uh, life lived out in Jesus, fulfilling the law. God's death through Jesus, paying the sacrificial penalty on the cross, And through Jesus' resurrection from the dead, showing that he has conquered sin and death. All of that, we too can have new life, free from sin, alive to relationship with God, for all time. If, if this is what God has helped us to believe, if this is true, then the only natural outpouring of that belief is a love that's so deep that moves us to tears, that breaks our knees that they might fall at the foot of the cross and cry out in love to God. And when we do that, like the four who will be baptized today, when we believe that this is what God has done, and that turns into a love because we know that he's done it for us, here's the natural outpouring. Look at verse 8. The last portion says this. The last portion of verse 8 says this. I'll just read the whole thing again. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. Though you do not know Him, you believe in Him. And here it is. And rejoice with uh, with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your soul. So when we believe, when we love God, It leads to a joy that is inexpressible, meaning words cannot even show. Have you met anybody that's been so full of joy that their face just glows? That's what he's talking about here. That when we understand that God has done this for us, that Jesus has died for us, the love that swells up in us creates a glory in us. Literally, we're shining, we're beaming with the joy of Christ. And that joy I'd like to bring up to to, uh, the front here today to be explained to you in the words of them themselves. So can I invite Joshua up, Nate up, Tim up, and Tracy up here in front with me, and they are going to tell you about the joy that God has put into their heart through a belief and a love in the gospel of Jesus Christ. All right, friends, this is great. We'll have you guys uh, all stand to my left here, okay? So I've asked them to... How are, how are we, by the way? Are we good? I can tell you guys for a fact, because I've met with each of these individuals personally, they have that joy that I'm talking about, that beaming with Christ when we talk about the gospel and what Jesus has done for them. So I'm excited for them to get to share in their own words, though that joy is inexpressible to a point, they were trying to express it the best they can, why they've decided to be baptized today, what God has done in their life. So we're going to start here with, my brother Nate. Okay. Sorry, Joshua.
1: Sounds <laughs> good. We live together.
0: <laughs> all right, guys.
1: Um, I'm just gonna give a little bit of background to set up my favorite parable in the New Testament, and I'll kind of go from there. Um, so I grew up overseas in a loving Christian home. My parents are, um, yeah, they're on fire for Christ, and they're perfect examples of what it means to live like or try to live as best as you can like Jesus. Um, but as, once I was a teenager, around 14 or 15, for a good five, six years, I kind of decided to just veer off into the world and do my own thing. Um yeah, and I've experienced a lot more than uh, many people my age have as far as um I guess worldly desires and pleasures. So, I've seen a lot um and through it all, I know that um as gratifying as it is, maybe in that instant moment, that it's certainly not um it's not great in the long haul. Um and so this kind of sets up my favorite parable. I've heard this a thousand times growing up. I've read little books with pictures and all sorts of things, but the Prodigal Son never really made any sense to me or never made an impact on me until about three or four months ago. I was just uh doing some chores, listening to uh Keith Green. Uh he has a song called The Prodigal Son Suite. Um and as as the song was going through, I was like, Wow, you know, like this is intense. Like, what is this? And like, this guy's awful. You know, and he uh in the end when he got I found I realized it was the prodigal son and the grace that comes with um just Wanting to come back to God, it really hit me and I started to tear up. Um, because yeah, I mean, for uh, for a good four or five months, um, since I've been going to sedaris now, I've really started um, getting back in the swing of. I mean, I was always raised right and I've always had good morals and I've always been a pretty positive person, but I've just had my uh faith in the wrong place. I made a lot of worldly idols out of things. Um, so yeah, um, one time I, when I just transferred to SPU this last quarter, um. I had a Bible class, and I was always so appalled at why Moses wasn't let into the promised land. This man was one of God's greatest prophets. He led them out of uh, Egypt, and just for striking a rock instead of listening to God's exact commands, he was um, banned from ever entering the promised land that he worked so hard to reach, and um, I was so appalled by that, but I think in retrospect, the reason I was so taken aback by that is I was so worried for my own life. I was like, I've grown grown up in all this church stuff, and I knew what was good and what was right, but... I would ran away so far and so hard that I was like, Moses is the best man. He just struck a rock and he's not going into heaven or the promised land. I was like, what's that going to do for me? So I think that really got me thinking about life and like, you know, I need to make a difference in this world. I can't just, you know, have, say I I have an occupation for a living and be happy with that. There's got to be a greater purpose to life. So, um, yeah, over the last few months since attending Sedaris, um, making friends here and, uh, through Alpha, um, yeah, I've really be- begun to be a more positive impact um, at my work, at my internship, in my home. Um, a couple of the people that live with me, they've really seen a big change and got one of them to come to Alpha with me just because they knew there was something different about Nate and I. Um, so, yeah, I've just. And re- and the best way to see God working in your life is to look back at it. Um, so, now that I've had five or six months of being back in the swing of church and all this sort of stuff, I've kind of been able to see the way God works and um, really start witnessing for Him and being a. Um, a good man out in the world there because um, there's a lot of angry misled younger uh, people my age nowadays and it's um, quite daunting to think of where this world might be headed um, so yeah and um, everything I do I just try to you know make a positive impact um, and but I know um, that I won't be able to do it without all of you guys um, I know a lot of you here and some of you are my great friends I've never met a lot of you as well so um, right now I'm witnessing not only to you guys but to everybody here that's walking by listening but I'm I'm ready to to be different. Um I've I've had such a struggle with whether or not I to be baptized cuz I was talking with Dave like, man, you know, there's I'm not righteous yet, you know. I've got to be in my head I had to be almost perfect or you know, very 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 good and um and Dave reminded me, you know, there's only one person that's ever lived like that and that's Jesus himself. So you can't as much as you'd like to aspire to that, you can't be perfect before you get baptized because that day will never, ever come. Um, so here I am to witness to you guys that um, I might still mess up. I am still young. I am still human, but I'm trying my very best, and I do I do try very, very hard to bring glory to God in everything I do, whether that's from the minute I wake up, saying, saying some thanks to Him and just thanking Him for the life I have, or helping random strangers on my way to work, on my runs every day. I've helped people move boxes into their house randomly. They're like, oh, do you live here? I'm like, no, nah, you just needed help. You're really struggling, you know? So <laughs> it's just trying to make this world a better place little by little. Um, and I think that brings a lot of glory to God because there's people that are just so wrapped up in their own lives. And life does get very busy. I'm working seven days a week. I've got school. I've got studies. But, you know, you still always have time and energy to give something back to your community and the people around you. So I'm, I'm here to witness that. That's what my intent is, is to be uh, joy to be around and to bring joy into other people's lives because without um, help from each other, this life uh, it, you're never going to make it through. God intended for us to help each other um, when he made another human out of Adam so um, we have to help each other and I'm here asking for your help and I'll try helping you guys as well but um, I want to weep together, uh, rejoice together and most of all I want to uh, get closer as a community and help bring uh, God to Seattle. So,
0: yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. you. <laughs> gotcha.
2: So uh, my, uh, my birthday was a few days ago, and it never really felt like my birthday because I just went to work and then I went to the dentist, and that's what I did on my birthday, and people are like, what are you, wh- that, it, that's something you do on your birthday, but today, today feels a lot different. It, feels, it just feels like my birthday. And so uh, for starters, I, I can't believe how thankful I am for for the opportunity to repent of my sins and and to really take a take a deep dive and, and review the, the course of my life thus far and 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 one identify a lot of uh, the places where God has been working in my life that I didn't previously recognize as such. And then also two, the opportunities that God has set out before me to to make a difference in other people's lives. And for that I'm eternally grateful. So um, a little bit about me and my background. I'm from Colorado originally, there's a lot of Colorado people around here. Uh, I was raised Lutheran, and I feel like uh, thus far in my life, I've, I've retained a lot of the uh, of my Christian upbringing. But um, as part of my you know my initial baptism as an infant, I've uh, in my discussion with Pastor Ryan um, really started to understand that Christians are made and they are not born and and that is that has been a powerful statement for me as I as I think about uh, kind of the days preceding my baptism here, and uh, uh, when I got to the point of my my confirmation, you know that that true assertion of faith as a Lutheran, I realized how much I had fallen short, and so that is another reason why I'm I'm here to repent my sins today and and accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and so. With that in mind, uh, today, I'm extraordinarily thankful for all the support that I've had from the Sedaris community, uh, the work that, that God has set for me to to fulfill his His work, and, and I'm just so thankful. So, go ahead and hand this off now. Thank you.
3: All right, just want to say thank you so much, uh, to my family and to my friends for for making it out here and uh especially to Sidaris church um being a part of the fellowship group at Sidaris has been probably one of the, the best things uh in my life in the last four or five months um just seeing the the example set by the men and women uh in our group has just been amazing and uh just really inspiring and uh yeah, I'm here to get baptized today because uh, I want to fully commit to leading a, a righteous life. And I know that's going to be tough. Like Josh, uh, I've tasted the fruits of this world. And I'm here to tell you that God's fruits are the sweetest. Um, and uh, something I really like to do... Uh, whether it's in the morning or middle of the day or at night, is uh, just open up a little Bible app, and they've got this verse of the day in there. Um, and I really like the one that they had uh, today. You can tell that it's they're all hand-picked. They're not just random verses. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And uh, I hope that you all get to experience this. Um, really, the the light of, of leading a good spiritual life is unlike anything that you can experience in this world. So I hope that you all get to experience that.
4: Thanks. That was beautiful, guys. I really feel the spirit here today. Uh, I didn't plan anything necessarily. I thought, well, I'll just let God speak through me today. So I have no idea what I'm about to say. I know I wanted to read something out of Romans 6. Um, but to give you a little background about me, uh, I grew up in the Edmonds here in Washington. I uh, grew up Lutheran. I was baptized when I was a baby. Um... You know, the reason why I want to get baptized today is just to mark my new faith and my new walk with Jesus. I was gone for a long time. There's a lot of people here today that have prayed for me over the years, and i uh so happy you're here today. It moves me to tears because you know what a long road it's been for me. Um, for those of you that don't, um, I've had a long road of drug addiction, and I've been to treatment three different times. I've, um, I've worked the program before. I, uh, last year I had 10 months. Um, I have six months now. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, my higher power always was God, but was never Jesus Christ. And this time around, I, uh, I have a strength that is not my own. I'm I'm powerless over drugs, and God, though, and Jesus is all-powerful. And when I was out there, I um, was shooting up methamphetamine and heroin, and it twisted my brain so bad that Satan was even telling me that I was his child, and I actually believed him. And I'm happy to say today that I'm God's child. And... And my identity no longer lies in that I'm just an addict, but that I'm God's child. And um, I'm here to walk with him moving forward. So I thank you all that are here, that have prayed for me. Um, God answers prayers, sometimes slowly, sometimes quickly. Um, but I thank you for that. I was going to read a little bit out of Romans 6. Of course the wind is going by the way my twin sister thank you thank you my twin sister is supposed to be here today and she's suffering from a migraine so if you would uh, pray for her she's really disappointed that she couldn't be here today so I'll do a double dip today for her so since power is broken well then should we keep on sinning that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace of course not Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and we were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we are also raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves, we're set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will no longer die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin but now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to its sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So you use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God, Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. So, I think that's all I wanted to share today. I'm so happy for God's grace and His power in my life. I'm truly transformed. Thank you.
0: Okay, here's what we're going to do now. I'd like everybody to stand right now and and they're about to make some vows publicly before us as witnesses that they are going to give their life fully to Jesus Christ. But I want us to make a vow to these four, that we will come alongside them. And when they are believing that they are slaves to sin, we remind them that they are free in Christ. When they are struggling, we come beside them and we carry them forward. We need to make that vow to them just as they're making their vow to Christ, okay? So, If you are willing to be praying for it, come alongside in tangible, intangible ways for these four. Would you please say, we will. All right, amen. Let's pray, and then what we're going to do is everyone's going to walk, and we're going to crowd this path right here, uh, right around this area, and we're going to uh, perform the baptisms, okay? So would you uh, bow your head and pray with me? Uh, Father God, Almighty God, Creator of heaven and earth, we thank you for these perfect creations that you've made in your image, God, that you're restoring them to fullness. Through your son Jesus and the power of the Spirit, God, we ask for you to come into this place right now that you'd fill them up in a fresh and a full way, God, as they declare their love for your son Jesus, their love for you, their love for the Spirit through public baptism, God, we pray that you would meet them in this moment in a powerful way that they'd never forget the declaration that they're making today, that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he is their Savior, that their sin is gone, that it is dead, that it will never come back and new life, resurrected life, is found from this day forward and for all eternity. To a living hope, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.